0: Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Bit hard to get back into the swing of things, Claire, after a day off this week, but here we are, though not
1: together. I'm in Queensland. And you're right about momentum. Momentum is definitely something (laughs) that stalled a little bit as we head towards the weekend. Uh, I don't know how anyone gets
0: anything done today, but good on you if you are, and we certainly (laughs) are, Claire. We're recording this on a Friday, as usual, ahead of the weekend. In this episode, we have a very close call for biggest
1: story of the week. Yeah, we sure do. We also follow up last week's chat about the Australian of the Year Awards. Uh, We'll have a look at Taryn Brumfit. She's the South Australian who was named Australian of the Year. That happened on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, and there's a few emerging news stories to get you across before we finish off with a very Aussie-themed Squiz Recommends. Looking forward to that one. Let's do it. Claire, short week means we only published three Squiz Today newsletters this week. From that, the most clicked link was actually a specially designed cornfield in Argentina that has Lionel Messi's face on it. I'm not sure we have much more to say about that.
1: (laughs) A little explainer, I guess. Uh, It was a very clever uh, farming engineer who did it. Basically, he coded the machines to sow the seeds in this field in very precise patterns. uh, The seeds have grown in a very precise image of the soccer superstar's face. It's really clever. And precise, as the case may be. Precise (laughs) is the word of the day, I think.
0: Let's talk news, the biggest story of the week, according to Stream, and a reminder that they measure the time that news stories are spent in lead positions on major news sites. Was the Prime Minister's visit to Alice Springs, but very, very closely followed by the Australia Day debate let's divide this one up claire you take alice i'll take australia day kick us
1: off All right, so if the situation in Alice Springs took you by surprise, you can be forgiven, I think. Uh, You'd have to be following the Aussie news pretty closely or I think probably be living in the Northern Territory uh, for it to be a top of mind issue. Uh, We're going to do next week's shortcut on this because there's quite a backstory to it. What's been focused on very heavily are the alcohol bans that covered about 400 Aboriginal outstations and communities. Those lifted in July last year. Uh, It's been a very big discussion this week uh, in the wake of Prime Minister Albanese's visit with restrictions coming back. But there's some very big issues that come along with it that include everything from improving Indigenous people's lives uh, to just keeping them safe in their community.
0: There's lots of politics involved in that, of course, as well. So it is a good shortcut to do and an important one, we reckon, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to get into that one. As I said, in amongst all of this, we, of course, had Australia Day. Lots of celebrations, but lots of talk about whether the date is appropriate. A couple of interesting tidbits from the news on it this week and from me, Claire, when you looked across the news coverage, there were so many surveys from Mm. all sorts of organisations about whether there was support or not for the changing of the date. Notably one from the IPA which is the Institute of Public Affairs who are a conservative think tank who do not support changing the date. That's the precursor to this. Mm. They put out their results. They do it yearly. What it showed was that support for Australia Day on the 26th of January is declining. So 75 percent supported the date in 2019, 69 percent in 2021, 62 percent in 2023. This really was the theme across a the number of surveys conducted around the date change.
1: Yeah. And I guess, you know, there's a big question about Mm. exactly what the date change might be. Uh, On the Australia Day public holiday, I watched a long interview with Marcia Langton. Uh, She's a very lauded Indigenous academic. She's done a lot of work on how the voice would work. Uh, She says basically that it's got to be a discussion led by government, otherwise it's just people shouting and nothing changing.
0: Yeah, it was a really good interview. We'll put a link to it in your episode notes. She says it has to be a process so that all views are heard. And I guess the flip side of this survey conversation was that there's still heaps of support for Australia Day being on the 26th of January. Whether you agree with Marcia Langton or not that it should change, you can't deny how thoughtful and knowledgeable she is when you listen to that interview. As I said, we'll put that in your episode notes. On to something less controversial,
1: the Australian of the Year, Claire. Let's get into that. So we talked a fair bit amongst ourselves this week about the Australian of the Year and Australia Day and Alice Mm. Springs. It really did all sort of come together. But to focus on uh, that part of Australia Day that is really celebrated and that is acknowledging Australians for the great work that they do in our communities and across some really big issues as well. And the winner this year was Tarum Brumfit.
0: Yeah, we said last week that Craig Foster was the best known nominee for Australian of the Year, but Taryn has quite a profile too. I didn't know her by name, but when I read a bit about her work and and what she does, I sort of remembered her and this Mm. body image movement that she
1: runs called, in short form, BIM. Yeah, exactly. And she went viral, as she says. It was a bit of a novelty in the day. She took a photo when she was super fit after she had her kids uh, and she was miserable, she says. And then she Mm. put it next to a photo of her now and that came from conversation with her girlfriends who were very unhappy about their current body. Uh, Basically, it did go viral around the world and this was about six or seven years ago. And from that, she did a documentary called Embrace. Uh, It really is about this sort of of reaction that she got where people were telling her like how did you get so comfortable with your body I hate Mm. my body Uh, I want to know how did you get to this place of peace so uh, these days she has a focus on kids Uh, she says that her new focus is on men and boys and Mm. lots of resources on her website uh, to foster positive body image.
0: Yeah, lots of resources for kids, as you say. To round it out, the senior Australian of the year is Tom Kalma. We talked about Marcia Langton, Claire. He partnered with her to work on the voice, um, and he's someone we're going to be hearing a lot from over mm. the coming year. Sokaru Awa Marble is the young Australian of the year. He was recognised for his work to improve other refugees' lives. The local hero was Amar Singh. He's a sheik from Western Sydney who founded Turbans for Australia. It's a charity that feeds the needy and champions tolerance. As we said last week, reading about all these people, you kind of go, gee whiz, am I doing enough? I should probably be doing more. (laughs) Amazing stuff. I, I think that's absolutely right. We move on from this week, though, and into the news coming up. There's a fair bit to talk through. Here we go. Hiding in and amongst all the other news this week, Claire, was a hint that we would soon be hearing from our Defence Minister, Richard Miles, on some pretty big defence decisions that's because he's set to receive the recommendations of the nuclear powered submarine task force and the final version of a strategic review of the nation's defense forces it all sounds a bit pie in the sky i don't (laughs) i'm sorry everyone for bombarding you with that but this is really important stuff because remember how
1: big of a deal AUKUS was AUKUS A-U-K-U-S Exactly right. And it wasn't just a big deal here in Australia when it was announced Mm. by Scott Morrison. That was in September 2021. Uh, It was a huge deal around the world and internationally it was talked about as the biggest thing to happen in strategic alliances for decades. As you say, Claire, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. So what to expect in the coming
0: weeks is those couple of reviews I mentioned. One is about what it would take for Australia as this is how I understand it anyway to gear up to manage a fleet of nuclear powered submarines we've not had them before there are skills and safety considerations what we heard this week was that that review is actually done and the recommendations are about to be released Mm -hmm. Richard Miles also and Foreign Minister Penny Wong are headed to the UK and France
1: next week so Claire I smell an announcement Something's happening. Yeah, I su- I suspect you're right. So um. it's a good thing to be alert to that. Uh, another big story this week was inflation. Uh, yeah. So on Wednesday, as people were probably powering down a bit as we head towards the end of the week, as we said, mm. a bit of a broken week, uh, we learned that inflation rose by seven point eight percent in 2022, uh, the highest peak. Since 1990. Treasurer Jim Chalmers reckons that that's the peak. Uh, We heard last year that the Reserve Bank reckoned it would probably get to about 8% as the top. So we'll no doubt find out pretty soon whether that's exactly right or not.
0: So the Treasurer actually said he reckons we've we've capped out, we're done, that's as high yep. as it's going to go. And when yep. it comes to economic data, of course, inflation really is the biggest game in town. Interest rates, which affect many of us, are directly in response to high
1: inflation. So Reserve Bank Board meeting in what, just over a week? Yeah, so one little tip for you, put the first Tuesday of every month into your diary. That's when the Reserve Bank Board meets. And the, very soon after that, just in a matter of a few hours at that meeting, we hear whether rates are going up going down or staying the same of course so yeah as i said that is
0: a week from tuesday the anticipation will build across the next week i can feel it for sure Of course, we also have the tennis, Claire. We've spoken so much about it, I feel
1: like we should round it out by letting people know who are in the finals. <laughs> Take it away. I think that's a really good thing to do. Uh, <laughs> so for the women's final, we've got um, Elena Rubarkina. Uh She, of course, is notable because she switched allegiance from Russia to Kazakhstan. Uh, that happened in 2018. Uh, she's taking on a Belarusian, Arena uh, Sabalenka. So get ready for that. We actually don't know
0: who's in the men's final yet. Because as I said, we record this on a Friday. The semifinals haven't happened. We'll just leave you hanging. Might have to Google yeah. it yourselves. <laughs> Again, the suspense. It's palpable. Suspense. Let's get into Squeeze Recommends. Squeeze Recommends this week. This wasn't actually deliberate, Claire, but it's turned out to be a very Aussie themed squiz recommends, (laughs) pretty much a big discussion about some great Australian stuff to watch and some great Australian stuff to eat. Um, We've both um, been watching a number of things on iview, obviously um, ABC
1: streaming service this week. Yeah, some old stuff and some new stuff. And mm. look, Better Late Than Never is one to call out. It's made by the people uh, who made Love on the Spectrum. It's a really great show about some people who are getting ready for their first date ever. Uh, just a really lovely Again, positive, life-affirming thing to do. If you watch Love on the Spectrum, you'll know exactly what that's all about. So a shout out for that one. It's such a shame I haven't
0: watched that yet. I know that I need to. Those are all on my list. You've been raving about it for a long time. I know, it's all ahead of me. Um, You alluded to the fact that I've got a bit of an oldie, which I do. The Secret River... Um, I thought this was a good one given the news discussion this week. The Secret River is a novel written by Kate Grenville set in the early 19th century. It's loosely based on the story of her family, mm. the Thornhills, their journey from England to settle up the Hawkesbury River in Sydney. That was mm. land, of course, that was already inhabited by local Indigenous people. The TV series adaptation of that novel is on iview.
1: If you're looking to understand that period of history, I think it's a really good place to start. A mate recommended that to me a very long time ago and I read it when she told me to I reckon I might dust that off again from your recommendation Kate it is really such a great book that one and it was absolutely lauded at the time so a good one to get into
0: yeah the tv series has Sarah
1: Snook in it too if anyone's a fan of Succession Oh, yeah. She's brilliant. Fantastic. That'll get you uh, on the line. And look, a couple of other documentaries really to point to. Uh, one is Australia's Wild Odyssey. Kate, take it away.
0: Yeah, I really loved this. It's an old school documentary. Think David Attenborough style. In their words, it follows the flow of water across the Australian continent to uncover the incredible connections that link all creatures on Earth from ants to eagles to us It is beautiful. It's slow. You can have it on in the background or you can sit down and watch it. It's 8.30 on Tuesdays.
1: Deborah Mailman narrates it. Really, really enjoyed it. I kind of feel like I'm talking to my parents who used to listen to stuff on the radio that I I really didn't like listening to. But I know (laughs) it's good when you do it, and you say it's good, so I'm up for it. If you like that stuff, and I mean, I
0: think yeah, if you like documentaries and you like those slow-paced nature, you know, really amazing shots and really up close of animals and all that stuff, it's really, really good. If you do really like that stuff, there's also one on the ocean, Australia's Ocean Odyssey, a four-parter about the East Australian Current. Every time I hear that, I want to see. EAC dude Do you
1: know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about Finding Nemo Okay. Finding Nemo Oh Claire come on (laughs) Look I reckon plenty will know what you're talking about You can count me out I think so that's yeah. the person who has no the idea. The EAC. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Disney, if you're looking for a voiceover <laughs> for your
1: upcoming, I'm here. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I reckon Aussie Burgers. Let's get into this because when this article popped up on good food, which I trawl religiously because it's got some really great content, it of course is the the Channel 9 um, publication about all things food and has really great recipes yeah. from people like Adam Lior. Uh, they did an article about Aussie Burgers and what it really takes to have a good Aussie burger and what it means.
0: And and I do have a little story about this, Claire. I was travelling around Texas, actually on my honeymoon, mm. and we popped into a little pub at a very, very small town, sort of population sub 1,000, <laughs> and rolled in there, and we were obviously some of the only Aussies that have ever come through, I think, because the locals were quite um, interested in us, but all they wanted to say to us was, so you have beet on your burgers, <laughs> and they couldn't
1: wrap their head around the fact that we put beet on our burgers but it's so great it's so great and look I actually pulled out in you know only because for research purposes for our podcast uh, I made the Aussie burger last night that Adam Lior recommends Uh, the one thing I have to say about it though is he recommends pineapple as well and that for me is a bridge too far I agree I wholeheartedly
0: agree, but I am all in on the fried egg, the crispy bacon, the beetroot. This article, it's called An Ode to the Aussie Burger. It outlines it all. And then we do have that recipe as well Um, if you want to actually make it yourself. But for us, no pineapple. No pineapple.
1: Lots of beetroot. (laughs) I actually think we should just embrace the steak sanger. What happened to that? Oh, I love a steak sandwich. Oh, like I could talk forever about that too.
0: Anyway, all of those links are in your episode notes. As we said, there are recommendations getting to your burgers.
1: On to Squeeze Press. I think we're done. Claire. Squiz Kids, it's back, baby. Oh, it sure is. It's had, look, a really good rest <laughs> over the Christmas period and into January, but school's back, so Squeeze Kids is back. Uh, it's really your best news option when you want to talk about news with your kids. Get your kids interested in news, have some fun along the way. Uh, Bryce and Amanda are back into it.
0: If that conversation about Australia Day is one that's come up in your households, they actually did a shortcut. They actually did a shortcut on Australia Day. Tackles all the issues, gives the history, all the gender free
1: really good one to have a listen to highly recommend and that's what kids does so well which is takes these big issues Mm. and really puts it in a format where you can engage in a conversation around the kitchen table in the car wherever you're going it's a really good one they're going to be
0: so happy with that plug aren't they we've done well (laughs) enjoy your weekend we'll be back in your ears with squeeze today on monday morning